0: The Well is a gospel-centered church located in Boulder, Colorado. We exist to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. For more information
1: about The Well, please visit us online at www.boulderwell.org. So today we are hosting our third of four Christian formation workshops. So the big vision with these workshops was to kind of equip you to learn about topics that impact your walk with Christ and your connection and communion with Christ and one another, whether you like it or not, or know it or not. And so the first one was on the Holy Spirit. The second one was on church history. This one's on theology. And the last one will be on spiritual maturity <laughs> or, uh, or emotional health, emotionally healthy spirituality. And we'll do that April 9th. Is that right, Maggie? April 9th. And that, that's a Monday night. I'll announce that at the end, but you can go ahead and book that as well. So you can include that. And so if you look at those four workshops, you should get a kind of a picture of the well, who we want to be as a church. We want to be a, a church filled with the Holy Spirit, a church deeply connected and appreciative of church history and the pastors, churches, and theologians that have come before us. We want to know who God is rightly, uh, biblically, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And then lastly, we want to be a spiritually mature people who display emotionally healthy spirituality. So that's kind of the big picture with these four workshops. This workshop in particular came from Matt experiencing... Dr. Bouchard, here I'll introduce in a minute, in a class where Dr. Bouchard told one of his students that uh, her thoughts would be a great way to start a cult, um, from what I understand, right? And so, uh, so that's the kind of experience you might have this morning. Uh, just a warning, but no. Dr. Bouchard is great. Um, he's helped me a lot at seminary, working on my thesis. He and his wife serve as elders at Cherry Creek Presbyterian down in Cherry Creek, um, and so we're glad to have them here with us today. And uh, and so he serves as the professor of, correct me if I'm wrong, theology and his, historical studies. Is that right? At Denver Seminary. i uh, been there for a while. And, and really what I appreciate about Dr. Bouchard, um, if you know me well, I appreciate consistent, consistency, reason, and logic uh, very highly. Um, and he is uh, very good on those things. Uh, so when I present him with a thesis topic, he'll laugh at me. And I appreciate that. That means, that means he's helping me. Um, so, uh, so why don't I pray and we'll have Dr. Bouchard um, come teach. God, thank you so much that we get together in this space uh, together and talk about you, learn about you, understand you more. Hopefully we become better equipped. I know we will uh, because you've given us a great servant and Dr. Burchard. Um, so I pray that we would be attentive on this beautiful morning as we uh, come together to try to experience you more, know you more, know you better. Um, and I pray that you would bless us with your spirit. Uh, fill us more with your spirit so that we can honor you in our lives, in our relationships with one another, and ultimately our relationship with you as well. We pray all the same in your name. Amen. I add two more things I just remembered about. One, um, I'm drinking a delicious Ozo coffee, and that may seem insignificant to you, but I want a contest on social media to get this. Uh, so if you will follow Boulder Well on Instagram for the next uh, Christian Formation Workshop, and you repost it, right, Maggie? Jessica, we'll probably do it again, and you yourself could be drinking a delicious latte uh, from Ozo. So make sure you follow us, and you can repost that next time when that... Yeah, I won. Yeah, it was great. I love (laughs) winning. I preached on it on Sunday. You guys know that. Um, The other thing I wanted to ask, I just wanted to get a show of hands, uh, because we're talking about theology this morning, I wanted to ask if anyone in here has ever studied or read any part of a book called A Systematic Theology. Show me Raise your hands. That's you've looked at it. That's great. If you've looked at a systematic theology, that counts. Um, so great. That that kind of gives you an idea of what you're working well, with. So will you welcome Dr. Bouchard, please?
0: Thank you. It's it's good to be here, and uh, I'm pleased my my wife was able to join me this morning whenever possible. We we do kind of travel on gigs together, and uh, so the. But the reason I mention her is she'll be glad that I have a handheld mic because I have a tendency to talk. Less. I I had somebody tell me when I was growing up if we tied your hands behind your back you wouldn't be able to say a word. So this is uh, this is good. It's great to see all of you, um, and I'm I'm sincere when I say this. My my biggest disappointment. will start the morning on a positive note. My biggest disappointment is just that I'm not going to probably have a chance to talk to most of you individually and hear about what you do in, in Boulder, because I would be very interested in that. Um, so perhaps perhaps another time. And and whenever we end, by the way, what time do you want to break? Like, break, break. OK. All right. Um, yeah, maybe uh, uh, so. A break, and and then at the end of the session, if you don't have to dash off, I, I'll welcome uh, any chances we have for a bit of conversation. So uh, this morning, I want to I want to just preface, meaning I'm just going to say this briefly, to clarify maybe some terminology, and then and then we'll uh, move along. Um, as, as I, and, and you probably know this already because I know um, how Matt and Chase think, um, which means uh, I have a sense of the kind of preaching and teaching you get, which is good, uh, by the way. Um, and that is that as followers of Christ, we want to or should want to think Christianly. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the word Christian used in this kind of way, in a kind of an adjectival way or adverbial way, to think Christianly. And I'm going to suggest that to think Christianly is to think biblically. And to think biblically, and this next one is a little more contentious for some people, but to think biblically is to think theologically, that good theology, well done, is biblical. So I'm not going to talk a lot this morning explicitly. This is not a session. doesn't mean it wouldn't be good to have a session. Uh, This is not a session on how to interpret the Bible. Uh, That's really important, and I know that part of the life of the well includes that. Um, So we're going to be thinking more in terms of uh, the practice of theology, but I wanted to just connect the dots at the outset of what's the relationship between theology and Christianity. Well, to think Christianly is to think biblically, we let the Bible form us, and to think biblically it is inescapable, as we're going to talk about, to also think theologically. So there there, there are people who Can quote a lot of Bible verses, or can point to a lot of Bible verses, but they have not yet, and that's good, so I'm not dismissing that. But I I would just say, in addition to that, we need to think theologically, where we connect those Bible verses to answer both big and small um, questions. So... uh, these are the three questions I want us to try to think together about this morning, relative to theology. Who, what, and why? So who is a theologian? Who gets, who gets to raise their hand when somebody, and I know you're in a lot of occasions, probably especially in classes at Boulder and in your workplace where somebody says, who's a theologian in the room? So when that question is asked, who can raise their hand and say, I'm, I'm a theologian, right? Um, what, it, what is theology? I don't want to take this for granted, because um, given what I do for a living, um, which is to teach theology, uh, when, when, when I meet somebody and they'll ask me what I do, it's very interesting, uh, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say... I teach theology both among both Christians and uh, non-believers or people who would not self-identify as Christian. I can only tell you that, based on experience, that is a conversation stopper. Um, Because I typically, I don't get any hostility. I just get this blank, kind of socially awkward pause because they aren't sure what to make of this and the conversation moves on. So I'm currently working on other ways of describing what I do because it doesn't connect. So this wor- just this word theology for some people is a bit puzzling. And finally then, why does it matter? Why does it matter if somebody's a theologian? Why does it matter if theology is uh, done or not? So the, the who question. What does it take? to be a theologian. Or another way to put the question here, who, who qualifies <laughs> to be called a theologian? When that, when that call goes out, in the room, okay, so who's a theologian? Raise your hand. Um, who, who gets to raise their hand? Right? What I'm going to do is, having put that question up, I'm going to move to the second question. Because I think in order to answer the question, who is a theologian, you need a little bit more understanding of what's theology. Kind of, well, tell me first, what's theology? And then I I can answer whether, you know, who's a a theologian. So the what question, what is theology? Given that some of you have uh, read in this before, so um, can anybody break down this word in terms of its etymology, where it's come from, what, what, Goes into making up this word theology. Anybody here know that? Pardon. Study of God. Yeah, yeah. The 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 background at linguistically two Greek words, theos, word for God, and logos, which you're probably familiar with. Logos. Jesus is the logos, the word, right? The logos. So, so really, at its most fundamental meaning, theology is God-talk. And um, you can, there, there have actually have been books published playing off this with the title God-talk, or words about God. One of the things that means is that, for example, technically, so I'm just going to acknowledge this, though, It's not the object for us this morning. What this means is, are Christians the only ones who do theology? If this is its most basic meaning, no. (laughs) Kind of anybody who's thinking and talking about God, whatever God they may have in view, in, in a sense, in a very strictly of linguistic sense. They're doing theology, right? If you're talking about God, you are in the most kind of basic sense of the word, you're doing theology. So here's here's one way to just describe what theology is. Theology is thinking about God the creator and his relationship to the creation. So it's not just God, but it's God. It's God in relationship to the creation. And then that creation's relationship, if you will, with itself, within itself, before God. So um, if if you were to have a, a session sometime where and you probably have had sermons and other sessions related to this, where the question is, how ought human beings treat each other? Now, on the surface, that doesn't sound like a theological, well, I don't hear God in the equation, but but the question of, for example, how ought human beings treat each other if that Question is engaged and thought about with an awareness that human beings treat each other before God. There is a God who is present. And in order to rightly understand how human beings ought to treat each other, I'm going to put it this way: God needs to be in the picture we ask the question of how human beings ought to treat each other before God because we believe there is a God and we believe that he cares about what's going on here between human beings. That makes it a theological conversation because God's in the picture even if the question isn't about God himself. Um, let me, one or two, either I don't know if this is, if I've just created a fog or if it makes sense, um, a question of clarification or uh, an alternative kind of take on this. Anybody? Cracking? Okay. Okay. So, um, thinking Christianly, I used this word before, thinking Christianly, just a couple of Observations that I think can help clarify what it means and what it doesn't mean. Thinking Christianly is not primarily about what you're thinking about, the object of your thought. It's more has to do with how we think. Um, I'm going to come back to that. It's it's not so much the object of our thought as it is the approach we take to thinking about that object. It's not primarily the subject of our thought. It more has to do with the method, the way we go about thinking. Let me just give an illustration to clarify what I mean here. There can be a tendency to think that well, if we're talking about the Bible, or we're talking about God, or we're talking about a church, we're talking about the well, if we're talking about those things, that's Christian thought. But if we're talking about physics, or aerospace engineering, or the best local brew, microbrew in town, which sidebar, just so you know, um, my wife and I would like to be pointed in the direction of the best, a, a local microbrew that, that also serves food. If, if you know, if you can help us, my, I said, Nancy said, well, there probably isn't any shortage right here in Boulder. So, um, so uh, the point is, I can think in very unchristian ways about God about the Bible, about church, about that religious stuff. And I can also think Christianly about physics, aerospace engineering, the best brew pub in town. What makes thinking Christian is not the object of our thought, primarily. It's how we think about that object. Does that uh, make sense? So theology is really, and thinking Christianly, is really about a way of thinking. Theology is about thinking Christianly, which is first and foremost. Now, just to to clarify here, I am not saying that... um, whether, whether we have knowledge of God or knowledge of aerospace engineering, it makes no difference. We, we do need to know about God. We need to know the doctrines of the Christian faith. I mean, in that sense, the what does matter. But what I want to try to push to the side is the idea that somehow you're really doing Christian thinking when you're thinking about religious stuff only, It's much more has to do with how we think about. So we've talked now about the what. I want to roll back to that first question. So given what I've suggested here in terms of what theology is, who is a theologian? Pardon? Me, meaning you and what is your what's your name Michelle okay Michelle why did you say me okay 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 okay, okay. all right so there's one answer which is Michelle saying me. Other responses to the question who is a theologian? Anybody? Yeah. Everyone. You looked at my notes. No. That's that's exactly right. I mean that's where this is leading. What this means is everyone is a theologian, and certainly every self-identified Christian is a theologian. If you are a Christian, so here's where it really comes, if you are a Christian, you are a theologian. Now, I know some people for whom that's like the worst thing you could say to them. They, they That's how they receive it, like, man, that's the last thing I want to be or do, is to be a theologian. But where this really leads is that if you are a Christian, you are a theologian. And the, 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 the next observation I make is, is part of the motivation between um, uh, Chase and Jeff wanting a session like this is the only question is not whether you're going to be a theologian. It's will you be a good one? Or not that's really the question there really is no question you don't have the option if you're a follower of Jesus you don't have the option to be a theologian or not you will you are one we are one I get paid to do this but but every Christian is a, a theologian so back here as Michelle point out it's God talk right? It's God talk, and it also means, for our purposes here, when I talk about theology, when we talk about theology, we will won't always say Christian theology, Christian theology, but for our purposes here, that we're talking about theology in a distinctively Christian way this morning. So, just if any of you are more kind of sociologically inclined, um, think about kind of culture. Uh, So this is just to help give you a frame of reference for thinking about this matter of everyone being a theologian, every Christian being a theologian. And let me make a very clear and important qualifier here. I'm going to lay out a continuum, a spectrum, maybe is a better word, a spectrum. This is not a spectrum about good and bad theology. It is not a spectrum about valuable Christians and less valuable Christians, it is simply a way of trying to map out different types of theology. So at one end of the spectrum is what could be called folk theology. Anybody take a guess at what that might have in view that word folk theology? Casual, not a lot of formal training. Basically, it means somebody's a follower of Jesus. They've never really thought about God much beyond that or life. It's just, you could almost say it's by default, whatever they happen to be. Uh, but they're a Christian, they're a follower of Christ, but that's really where kind of their theological, intentional theological engagement ends. Now, at the other end, at the other end, is um, the kind of theology, and there is a place for this, but there are people who, unfortunately, think that this is all theology is, and that is the- theology that's basically written by professional theologians for other professional theologians. To be honest, about stuff that probably they're the only ones that are interested in, right? Now, some people think that's all of theology. It's not. But, but there, it is that, and I would think that in a community like this, you might be more sympathetic to say, there's a time and a place for this. If this was all that theologians did, professional theologians did, that would be wrong, um, because uh, the theological enterprise is for the church. But there's a time and a place for just as there's a time and a place for you know if if i get into a conversation and there's two engineers talking to each other i probably wouldn't understand 98% of what's said i mean pardon amen you must be an engineer oh <laughs> okay i mean like if i were if i were with Two aerospace engineers, and I heard the word airplane, that is where my understanding would stop. Right there. Anything said after that, I wouldn't understand. The point is, I wouldn't resent that. I wouldn't expect myself to understand that kind of a conversation at that level between people like that, right? Well, thankfully, but here's the good thankfully, this isn't the only kind of theology there is. So then, there's lay, what I would call lay theology, lay person, which which means um, this is somebody who is a Christian, a Christ follower, but they they they're part of a church like the Well, thankfully, that takes seriously the matter of Christian formation, discipleship, people growing and maturing in their faith. So. They've actually read some books, they've been in classes, they talk about this stuff. It's not just default, whatever they happen to believe at the time they became a Christian. They, they've, they've grown in their understanding. They've read some books, they've taken some classes, right? So, it's another level. Ministerial, what I would call ministerial theology, which is, in a sense, if I can put it just as a reference point, it's why people go to seminary. Um, if if you're going to be a, a leader in a Christian community of some kind, you ought to, and, and keep in mind here, uh, my, my opening comment, this is not about good and bad. This is not about people who are more valuable than others. We're talking about our various roles and contributions. If If you were looking, uh, heaven forbid that one of these two guys would decide to go elsewhere, but if they left and, and the well was responsible to start looking for new leaders, you should be looking for someone who has this level of understanding because they are going to be, in a sense, in this community, leading and guiding. And they ought to, to put it very informally, they ought to know a little more. Doesn't mean they're more holy, necessarily. Doesn't mean they're better, people are more important. But they ought to know a little more, right? Just like, so let me put it in my context. When these guys come to the seminary, they're paying a lot of bucks, they really are, and spending a lot of time. And what if when they came into the classroom, they, they get to meet me, and I'm the professor, <clears throat> and after 10 minutes conversation, they realize I don't know any more than they do about theology. Uh, if I were them, I'd go over to the office and say, I want a refund. In, in that context, you expect the people who are kind of leading the enterprise to kind of be working at a, a different level, right? So ministerial theology, and then there's something that's probably, uh, let me see here, um, what I would call professional theology, which which means um, it's not written just for other scholars, but it's quite advanced. Um, so, and and to be honest with you, this is kind of the level where I do most of my work. I would describe it as being here. That's kind of the the, the arena that my I write in, um, work in publish in that, that kind of thing. So uh, this is not good to bad, uh, important to unimportant. It's just a way, one way to think about this reality that everyone is a theologian of some kind, right? Yes, sir? It's just default uh, I would I would call folk let me put it's a word that's going to come up a little later. I would say folk theology, there's no what I would call intentionality. This is an important word intentionality. So there's just it, what I, is what I happen to believe. Um, intentionality is, frankly, you're here this morning. This is an you're being here, uh, you may find you may regret it, you know, an hour from now. But uh, but but you've come here, and this is an act of intentionality. You're here because the well has opened the door to this opportunity, and you could be. I shouldn't remind you of this. You could be enjoying a nice hike up in the uh, in the hills here, um, but instead you're here, and I'm guessing most of you are here with some degree of hope, I'm going to get something out of this. That's intentionality, right? Okay, so each Christian, everyone, is a theologian. Um, a little bit farther down this trail of who is a theologian. I've already said, theolo- you know, if you're a Christian... You are a theologian, right? So one of the ways to to give this a proper kind of location is to say that theology is a necessary, everybody's a theologian, part of Christianity, of the Christian life. So um, just talk about these two descriptors, a necessary part. Um, I'm guessing most people in the room are probably um, familiar with, uh, particularly in social sciences, the notion of necessary but not sufficient conditions. Necessary but not sufficient. Um, you, You can't accomplish something without this piece, on the one hand, but this piece alone doesn't get the job done, doesn't do it. It's a necessary part. And so what I want you to hear me say as a professional theologian who thinks this stuff is really important and kind of has given my, prof- my life to this kind of work, there's much more to being a Christian than just getting your doctrine right. And, and I think it's important for you to hear somebody like me who believes deeply. And, and by the way... Um, not all churches are like the well. There's a lot of churches, and I won't share the vignettes here, that where, where theology has basically been shoved to the side, which may seem like an oxymoron, a church that has pushed theology to the side, but I can just tell you there are hundreds of such churches, thousands scattered across the country. Um, that said, and, and while I, I'm concerned about that, I am not, uh, I don't want to give you the impression that I'm saying if you just think theologically and make sure you're thinking well Christianly, you've covered the basis of the Christian life. That's not the case. The Christian life is all of life worship, fellowship, service. Um, there's an engagement with the community of the church, engagement with the community beyond the church. It's, it's all of, nothing less than all of life. So that's the, the affirmation that's, this is, this is a part of Christianity. That said, the, the, the other, the, we don't want the pendulum to swing the other way. And I don't think this is the case, frankly, here at the well. I'm just saying in the broader Christian community, there are places that don't get that this is necessary for the life of the church. And so it is a necessary part. It's a necessary part in part because, as we've kind of suggested, everybody's a theologian. The question isn't whether or not you're a theologian, but whether you're a good one or not. And by the way, notice, not a professional one, a good one. A good lay theologian. A good ministerial theologian. So I know this word mindfulness is in circulation. My hunch is there's numbers of people in this room who know all about it. I really don't. Um, I lost my mind some years ago. No. Uh But what I want to do is, so I want to be careful in my use of this word. You know, language is a powerful instrument. It's also a social convention. Words mean what the community using them says they mean, right? So I just want to clarify here. I am not, in this context, talking about mindfulness as the way it's being used. I poked around on the web a little bit. I did some searches on mindfulness and just say, If you do a web search on contemporary mindfulness, that's really not what I'm talking about here. Um, Theology occurs. Theology happens in both of these ways. It happens implicitly and explicitly. Uh, Another way to put this is unconsciously and consciously. Unintentional and intentional. Um, Theology happens in both ways. Um, In other words, in, in fact, probably, even I, probably do as much theologizing implicitly and unconsciously as I do consciously. We live, we act, we behave. We think in ways that flow from our fundamental convictions, our fundamental values, and for a Christian, those are theological. They are theological. So the the suggestion here is, um, first of all, that it occurs both ways. Theology doesn't all only occur when we're consciously saying, like this morning, I'm going to think about this stuff. It's going on all the time. Um, The question is, can you think of anything you do where never giving it conscious, intentional, explicit attention, but you excel in? You grow. Those of you who are golfers, think of the amount of thought that goes into generating a golf swing. I'm guessing there's probably some borderline extreme runners here. Think about trying to pursue extreme running without all kinds of intentionality planning, pacing, what you're going to eat when, what you're going to eat in the week before, what you're going to eat the day before, what you're going to eat two hours before. Take any endeavor and ask yourself, how good will I be at this, whatever the this is, without conscious, intentional engagement with that endeavor? So theology is going to happen. What what I think part of what... Um, the guys had in mind with this session this morning is to not to reject this, deny it, but simply to say this other side is also important, that if we're going to be good theologians, it's not going to just happen, is basically what it's not going to just happen. And again, in some ways, I'm kind of teaching to the choir here because you're here. And and so, as I say, I take just your being here this morning as an explicit, conscious, intentional effort on your part to engage uh, the life of Christ. So, um, these were the three questions I posed. And um, we've talked about these. So, what I'd like to do is, we've got a few minutes here before we... Supposed to break, so um, I I'm, I don't have any real clever draw it out of you kind of questions. So talk to us. Um, th- think out loud here. Uh, objections, different views, questions, concerns, application. Yes. Right. Hmm. Uh, Chase is smiling because my cognate field is history, so the answer in like two minutes is really hard for me. Uh, doesn't mean I know a lot; it means I think I know a lot. Right. <laughs> so let's. Uh, the, the question was. Uh, uh, let me just see if I can track. Basically, you, you meant use the word hostility and doctrine, kind of. Okay, so let's let's take the sh- the, the the recent history. We'll just keep it at recent history. Um, and I'm old enough that actually I've lived recent what's called history. Uh, so I would say that in the 1970s would be. a a significant turning point relative to this phenomenon of, you know, kind of what's the place of theology? How much does it matter? Um, I would say the 1970s were a turning point, and what what happened, and and when I describe what happened, understand, I'm not saying it was all bad, but I think this was one of those unintended consequences. So what happened in the 1970s was that... um, There were people who rightly, rightly were concerned that so-called traditional churches um, were were not engaging effectively the world beyond the church, that they were these kind of holy huddles, and that's all they were. And there were a lot of people across the U.S. who, began to have this concern and have a burden to see the church do a better job of engaging the world beyond the church. So I grew up in the shadow of one of the churches that was kind of the, the poster church for this movement. The church, I don't know if any of you familiar, it's called Willow Creek, and it's in metro Chicago. And it became kind of uh, symbolic if you will of something called the seeker church movement and and what happened was in the process and and this isn't all about willow creek i just that's an example of 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 one of the churches that was at the forefront of this trajectory and there were a lot of people who tried to do what willow creek did only they didn't do it nearly as well as willow creek did it so this isn't about Willow Creek, but it's to say this. there were churches that basically took the adopted the strategy. The way to engage the world beyond the church is to kind of dechurch ourselves. So let me since I'm a kind of architecture as a hobby, let me use architecture, as as a way to kind of symbolize this. So Willow Creek was born, and the name Willow Creek, most people don't know this, is because it started in the Willow Creek Movie Theater. This was, now this wouldn't be surprising to you, but remember I'm talking ancient history, so I'll just say when I was a teenager, churches didn't meet in movie theaters. They met in? churches. And what did those churches look like? Well, they had stained glass windows, and they had steep pitched roofs like this, and they had a cross on top. These guys are meeting in a movie theater where even X-rated movies were shown when they weren't in there. Okay? So Willow Creek thrives and grows and people start flocking. So they build a building. What do they do when they build their building? Nothing that looked like a church. Um, in fact, that generation of, of churches, when they went for architects, deliberately would go to architectural firms that didn't build churches. They went to architectural firms that specialized in movie theaters, concert venues, and shopping malls. Those are the architectural firms they went to, to say, we want you to build us a church which the firms would say, well wh- we don't do churches. No, 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 you don't understand. We don't want a church church. We want a church that's not going to look like a church so that people will feel comfortable coming in, etc. Now, I go down that little rabbit trail to say this. In the process of de-churchifying the church, kind of removing, think of it this way, again, I want to speak as positively as possible, removing barriers to people outside the church so that they can more readily, in a sense, access the church, are more likely to come in. In the process of doing that, now we come around to your question, one of the things that also happened was doctrine, you could say kind of meaty theology, got thinned and thin and thinner and thinner and more and more pushed to the side. So if you hear the connection, we're going to really focus on, we really want to engage people who want nothing to do with the church or God or Christianity or Jesus. How are we going to do that? We're going to remove barriers. We want to lower the bars. We want to pave the way into the door. Along the way, among the things, that wasn't the only thing, among the things they did was to basically say, well, we got to kind of get the theology out of the way so we can just stand up and say, love Jesus and believe the Bible, and we'll leave it at that. Because we don't want to get into all kind of talk about things like predestination and the Trinity and all that stuff. You know, that's just going to confuse people and put people off. So that, that has been a very prominent um, dec- several decades of kind of evolution. And I would say that act, the X-29 network of which the well is a part, am I right, guys? I, I don't want to give out phony information here. Um, I would just say, to be honest with you, the X-29 network is in part a response to what's happened since the 1970s when was acts 29 kind of birth so to speak roughly see about 2007 ish in there the early o's so it is in many ways a response to some of the weaknesses um, that have been characteristics of them that's more maybe than you wanted did it did it Did it address what you said after I went around the block and okay. Yeah. Yes, it it is this is a relatively modern phenomenon. Yeah, I could go back I won't go back farther. We could go back about another two hundred years or so, but another time maybe. Yes. right Yes, it is it is. You're right. That's very well yeah yeah and and, and you know uh, I'll just go back here and then we'll take our break. So one of the one of the things I work with um, one of the kind of the specific veins of theology that I work in is the nature and function of tradition. In Christianity, and of course, tradition—just even that word has, has, you know, a bad word. But one of the insights that comes from the people who study and have discourse on tradition: the most, the the, the way you can give tradition some of the most power is to deny or ignore its existence, and just let it happen. So the point is, if, if you're really troubled, if you're a person who kind of, yeah, theology is bad, and it's rough, the, the way to empower theology is to act as if it doesn't exist, is to act as if you aren't doing theology, in which case, what kind of theology will unfold? Pretty bad. The kind of theology that is limited to the implicit, the unconscious, the unintentional If you're concerned about the state of theology, the best way to fix it is to address it, not ignore it. Well, let's take a break there.
1: Thank you for listening to The Well Podcast. For resources and information on how you can support our mission to proclaim the gospel and make disciples, please visit us online at www.bolderwell.org.